see what the scriptures tell us here. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, we actually closed out. Uh, this is the last chapter of 1 Chronicles. And those, look at this. King David, King David, King David. Okay. Praise the Lord. And remember, it started all the way at, uh, if you went to, let's see, 1 Chronicles here. Uh, if you went to chapter 1, look at this. Look at that. These are the earliest generations. <laughs> so we got them in a lie, don't we? No, we didn't. It's true. You know, you talk about Jupiter. There's just, if just go look, go look. You'll look it all up, except for the guys that are just, they always say, it's like they've been, they were there. No, it's five point something billion years. Oh, you were there. You were there. And the dinosaurs, they act like they know. Yeah, the dinosaurs were now. We have, we have, there's T-Rex flesh. You go look it up. T-Rex flesh with blood cells in it. And they found that stuff in 2008. And they found more. Amazing. And then we got, People with uh, clothes, burial clothes, and they got, you know, stegosaurus and all the dinosaurs that we've seen before, the burial stones and stuff. And you go, that's a T-Rex. That's a stegosaurus. <laughs> They're not supposed to have known what that looked like. Yeah, it's because they, they were with them. Okay. They were, they were, they were what? They were created on the fifth day. Anyway, but they I, all kind of, but it is the earliest generations. Mythological? No, it's not. Adam, Seth, Enosh, all the way down, da, 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 all the way down to Noah. Didn't take but ten, ten generations to get you to Noah. Okay, but anyway, so uh, along about the middle of uh, Chronicles, all of a sudden it starts talking about. Of course, it's the children of Israel and stuff, but all these names, 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 names. And here's the, uh, the uh, oh, remember uh, the the children of Israel, whatever the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's kids was twelve. It was twelve kids. That 12 sons that Jacob had. Okay, anyway, and so all these are listed in these tribes. And remember, when you come back to it, they all came from Noah anyway. Even the uh, Canaanites, which was from Ham. Okay, well, here we go. So all of a sudden, along about chapter 10, all of a sudden you, you hear about Saul, first king, and then here you go, David, 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 David. Fantastic details. And it's interesting why we don't have a lot of details like this on, uh, on some other kings. That's because they didn't love the Lord. There wasn't much to it. They, they, man, it didn't last long either. But boy, on David, boy, you had, you had all the details. Now, uh, we covered this before, but I want to mention it. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, uh, David says, you know, that uh, uh, Solomon is young. I chose him to be the next king. He's inexperienced, and the work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple he will build. It's not just another building. It's for the Lord God himself. And anyway, uh, this, this chapter here talked about all the vast riches that David had himself, and he was giving them to the Lord. All right, here we go. So 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1. King David's son Solomon was now the undisputed ruler of Israel. Now remember, he's going to be the wisest man ever lived. He's also going to be the richest, okay? And what's funny is you, you have your audience anytime you want to get somebody's ear. Just try to get somebody to tell you Solomon was never here. Well, they're going to be ignorant if they say that. But let's advance ahead just for a moment. I want us to go to Matthew just a second. In Matthew, here's where Jesus, we start seeing history about him. In Matthew chapter 1, these are the ancestors of Jesus here. Let's scroll down here and see what we can find here. Look at that. David was the father of Solomon. Well, he never existed. Oh, yeah, he did. Look, and here's the hint. He was, uh, his mother was the wife of Uriah. In other words, Bathsheba. <laughs> so, wow. Now, uh, I just so happen to know because I, I, I looked these things up. But, okay, in chapter 6, Jesus is giving a little sermon here. And he talks about Solomon. Remember, the lilies of the field, they weren't closed. As, I mean, they're, look at that. Why worry about your clothes? 
Look at the, uh, I want you to think about clothes in a minute because we're going to look at Solomon's, his whole staff. They are so pretty. They got uniforms like Dustin's wedding and Aaron was in it too and I was in it, had to rent a tuxedo. They were, the Queen of Sheba was shocked. She'd heard about this. Anyway, look at this. Don't worry about your clothes. Yeah, but Lord, I'm a little low on money and I need to go buy. Look what he says. Look at the field. We have some fake flowers here. Look at the lilies of the field. If you, if you take a close look, stop. Remember those songs we heard? Stop and smell the roses, you know? It really helps us out. They don't worry about theirs. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yet King Solomon, who never existed. Oh, please. We know better. In all of his glory was not clothed as beautiful as they are. Now, what does he say? If God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow... Won't he surely care for you? And we got preachers today saying you don't need that Tommy Hilfiger shirt. You don't need that nice car. Oh, God. They just don't read. Uh, The next one is a multiple of six. It's going to be chapter 12. I just haven't noticed that this morning. Let's look down here. Uh, Let's see. Where was it at? Kingdom divided against itself. Let's see. Here's some stuff about Jonah. Here, look at it. Yeah. Oh, he just endorsed the book that we're fixing to look at right here. The queen of Sheba shall rise up against this nation in in judgment and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear about this guy. And now a greater than Solomon is here. Well, Jesus, it's easy for you to be greater because Solomon was never here. Oh, listen, Solomon's wisdom was so all, it was just, same thing Jesus did in the temple all the time. These rascals, remember the one of the greatest things he did? Think, think about what he did. Think of this through. Uh, we know that you're a teacher and you, you, you tell everything the way it is. And, but we want to know, is it right to give Caesar taxes or not? You know, Jesus, he knew their trickery. He says, show me a coin. And they got that coin. And he says, whose inscription is this on it? And they go, oh, Caesar's. Now listen to what Jesus said. Okay, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar and unto God the things that are God's. Okay, I got the part about Caesar. What's, what do you mean by that? See, you and I look like God. And we owe our lives to him. Because we, look, we need to render ourselves to the Lord. Anyway, boy. He was nailing them. Okay, here we go. Let's go back to where it all began for Mr. Solomon here. Here he goes. Let's see, let's see what happens here. Remember, we have the details because this is us. God told us in the, in, uh, through, through Moses... Moses wrote it down, whatever, that this would happen for us, okay? King Solomon, David's son, was now, no, excuse me, King David's son Solomon was now the undisputed ruler of Israel. For the Lord his God made him uh, a powerful monarch. He summoned all the army officers and judges to Gibeon, as well as the political and religious leaders of Israel. Now remember, Gibeon, that's not Jerusalem. That's another little place not far from there. And it's where the, well, it's going to tell us. He led him up to the hill to the old tabernacle. There was a structure built, a tent structure over there. Constructed by Moses, the Lord's assistant, while he was in the wilderness. There was a later tabernacle in Jerusalem built by King David. See, King David built another one. Not a temple, but it was just a a tent-like thing. Remember, David had the ark moved there. Uh, For David, uh, David, for the ark of God, when he removed it from Kirath-Jerim, Remember, the Philistines had stole it. A lot of good it did them. They broke out with cancer and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Something coming out their bottom, you know, what do you call that stuff? Well, I'm trying to think of whatever those, whatever those 
Anyway, we'll keep going. The bronze altar was made by Bazela, son of Ura, son of Hur. He still stood in front of the old tabernacle. And now Solomon and those he had invited assembled themselves before it, and they sacrificed upon it a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord. Well, that's going to take some time. Okay, that night... Ah, come on, isn't this pretty? Where's our kids? Let's have a little fake story here. This is not fake. That night, God appeared to Solomon and told him, Ask for... We got to quit this. Because we tell everybody today, God answers yes, no, and maybe. Oh, really? Look what he says. Ask me for anything, and I'll give it to you. I wonder what we do with that today, because Jesus said the same thing, Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. That's just Mark. John chapter 16. In that day you'll ask me nothing, but whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And other places, right? Anyway, Solomon replied, Oh God, you've been so kind and good to my father, David. And now you've given me the kingdom. This is all I want. Not just that. Here's what this is. He's fixed to give his request. For you fulfilled your promise to David, my father, and made me king over a nation as full as the earth is full of dust. Now give me, look at that, wisdom and knowledge to rule them properly. For who is able to govern uh, by himself such a great and great nation as this one of yours. Now, some preachers have come in here and they said, this is why. No, this was second. This was first. If you quit letting Jesus be Santa Claus, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to run to some other God. I was watching the stars. I like to get in my hot tub and I look up at stars and I can see, yeah, they said it was a scorpion. I can see it pretty easy. And I know what it is. And of course, I'm th- and I was sitting there thinking, the age of Aquarius. The- I remember my sister was all into that, you know, and as a teenager in the early 70s and and you know it's all about oh my god we don't need church we got the stars and I've watched movies and stuff on Hollywood and they just laugh and carry on old movies I remember one it was just real funny they were they were t- it was Fred McMurray and whatever and they were and they were talking they had people come up and they read uh, they read your horoscope oh you're a Gemini so that's the I mean it's just like it's it's oh we don't need God because the preacher just said he won't do nothing for me anyway I need the stars the stars ain't going to help you. But we get away from that, and that's what the Israelites did. So here we go. But he said, hey, Lord, give me wisdom. And God replied, now look at this. Look what God said. Because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you haven't asked for personal wealth and honor, and you haven't asked me to curse your enemies, and you haven't asked for a long life, you know what he's saying? You could have, and I would have done it. But for wisdom and knowledge to guide my people, look at this. Yes, I'm giving you the wisdom and knowledge. You, look at that. You asked for. He didn't say, well, don't get up. It's in my time. It's in my time. See, when you say it's in God's time, it could be anything. It could be that lucky rabbit's foot. Look at that. The weather changed. Must be that lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, really. Get ahead of the game and ask for something and stick with it. Let me show you how this works. Oh, watch this. Let's go to Luke just a second. And of course, this is God. This is Jesus talking. Look what he says here. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show that they must keep praying until the answer comes. Don't back off. Don't take no for an answer. There was a city judge. Now, I guess Jesus was making this up. No, this happened. He said a very godless man who had great contempt for everyone. Now Jesus is going to say, this guy here, he's going to liken him 
to God, but we know better. God doesn't, he's not that way, but that's what he's talking about. A widow in that city came to him frequently to appeal for justice against the man who harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. Praise God. You need to go out on your patio like Janet's doing. Praise God. Everybody needs to go to their prayer closet. Praise the Lord. Notice he says, I fear neither God nor man. He said, but this woman bothers me. I'm going to see to it that she gets justice for she's wearing me out with her constant coming. Then the Lord said, if even an evil judge can be worn down like that, don't you think God will surely give justice to his people who plead with him day and night? Praise God. You see where the onus is? The problem's with us. Look at this. Yes, he will answer them quickly. Oh, but look at this. This is us today. 2,000 years after Jesus said this. But the question is, when I, that's him, return, how many will I find who have faith and are praying? That's us. Men. Wow. Well, we're going to pray, praise God. We're doing, we're doing it. We know better. Now, back to Second Chronicles. All right, here we go. Oh, where am I? I'm not chapter 6. Hang on. Chapter 1. Boom. About right there. Okay. Okay. So, because your greatest desire is to help people, you haven't asked for this, 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 this. Okay. Yes, I'm giving you the wisdom you've asked for. Look at this. And I'm also giving you riches, wealth, honor, such as no other king has ever had before you. This part right here, such as no other king has had before you, is because he asked for wisdom first. Yeah. But you can still get that other. Anyway, and there will never again be a king as great as you in all the world. Now, you can scratch your head. You can Google. You can look up all you want to, and you're going to find out Solomon. Solomon. Who's the greatest king ever was? Solomon. Hmm. Well, we know better. We know it's true because Jesus is not a liar. Solomon then left the tabernacle. He, re he returned down the hill, went back to Jerusalem to rule Israel. He built a huge force of 1,400 chariots, recruited 12,000 cavalry to guard the cities where the chariots were garaged. Though some, of course, were stationed at Jerusalem near the king. During Solomon's reign, look at this, silver and gold were as plentiful in Jerusalem as rocks on the road. Man. And expensive cedar lumber was used like common sycamore. Oh, that nasty prosperity, it'll ruin you. No, it won't. Solomon sent horse traders to Egypt to purchase entire herds at wholesale prices. Look at the details. What do I want to know this for? Because it was a record of historic event. The chariot sold for $400 and horses for $100. Wow. Delivered at Jerusalem. Many of these were resold to the kings of the Hittites and the Syrians. Chapter 2. Keep going. Solomon now decided the time had come to build the temple for the Lord uh, for the Lord and a palace for himself. This required a force of 70,000 laborers, 80,000 stone cutters in the hills, and 3,600 foremen. Solomon sent an ambassador to King Haram of Tyre, he was his friend, requesting shipments of cedar lumber, such as Haram had supplied to David, his dad, when he was building his palace. I'm about to build a temple for the Lord my God, Solomon told him. It'll be a place where I can burn incense, sweet spices before God, and display the special sacrificial bread. Where'd all that come from? He knew the bread was on the table, the bread of his presence. Look at this. And the sacrificial burnt offerings, remember? Morning and evening? Who sinned? Listen, we're just sinners, okay? We've made mistakes, but before us, Adam sinned. We've got to have a sacrifice. Anyway, 
And on the Sabbath and new moon celebrations and other... Why do they call it celebrations? See, we get it. We know it is a celebration. Praise God. And other regular festivals of the Lord our God. For God wants Israel always to celebrate these special occasions. When did the church start making Easter such a... Oh, such a serious thing. We need to live right. We are living right, praise the Lord. On the way to church, I saw this... Big church, not far from Huntsville, not far from where I live. Last week was whatever, some all about marriage. This week the message is called I Do. Yeah, it was one of Jesus' favorite sermons, I Do. Really? Why don't you just teach the Bible? You're just asking for condemnation. Yeah, I know I said, oh, I do before the preacher, and I've been such a lousy husband. Yeah, why don't you preach the answer? And it'll take care of everything else. And besides that, your marriage is not Jesus. Your marriage is a marriage. I don't want to get off on that. You know, praise the Lord. You see how far you can get? You just chase. It. Yeah, it's important. I mean, Dustin's newly married. He's got a wife. But that's a, it, Jesus has got him to where he is now. It's not some sort of new book you read. Jesus takes care of everything for you. All right, here we go. So anyway, uh, we're going to have all these celebrations. It's going to be a wonderful temple because he is a great God. Now, how come Solomon didn't say, well, we don't want to offend anybody. We know you worship the God of Dagon, and we'll just keep this private. No, this was national, around the world, Israel's God. Mm. But who can ever build him a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens would be beautiful enough. And who am I to build a temple? I mean, do you see that Solomon knew the Lord? Yeah. But it would be a place to worship him. So send me skilled craftsmen, goldsmiths, silversmiths, brass, and iron workers. Send me weavers to make, uh, look at that, the purple and the crimson, roll tide, and the blue cloth, okay, and skilled engravers to work beside the craftsmen of Judah and, uh, and Jerusalem who were selected by my father David. And I'll send you, excuse me, also send me cedar trees, fir trees, algum trees from the forest of Lebanon, for your young men are without equal as lumber men, and I will send my men to help them. An immense amount of lumber will be needed for the temple I'm going to build will be large and incredibly beautiful. As to the financial arrangements, I'll pay your men. Well, wait, we're broke. He wasn't broke. Remember, not only did David give all his money and stuff that he had, and there was already money in the temple, but all those generals and those other politicians, boy, they gave all their stuff. 20,000 barrels of barley, 20,000 barrels of wine, 20,000 barrels of olive oil, King Haram replied to King Solomon, it's because the Lord loves his people. Now, where do you get that from? He's being philosophical. No, King Haram knew. He knew what the Lord had been doing for Israel. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who has made... Look at that. He didn't make it. It was evolution. No. Who made the heavens and the earth and who has given David such a wise, intelligent, understanding son to build God's temple and a royal palace for himself. I'm sending you a master craftsman. My famous Haramabi. He is a brilliant man. The son of a Jewish woman. Ah, hello. You knew that had to come in there somewhere. He was part Jew, wasn't he? Okay. His father is here from Tyre. He's a skillful goldsmith and a silversmith. Praise the Lord. Of course, that guy was just lucky. God needs somebody that's lucky. No, he doesn't. God gives us all these skills and does exquisite work with brass and iron and knows about stonework, carpentry, and weaving and is an expert in dyeing of purple and blue linen and crimson cloth. He's an engraver beside and an inventor. He will work with your craftsmen 
and those appointed by my Lord, by my Lord David, your father. So send along. So go ahead and send the money. <laughs> send the wheat, the barley, the olive oil, the wine you mentioned, and we'll begin cutting wood from the Lebanon mountains as much as you need, and we'll bring it to you. We'll float it on logs down the whatever the Mediterranean across uh, the Sea of Joppa. From there, you can take them inland to Jerusalem. Solomon took a census of all foreigners. Look at this. In the country, just as his father David had done, and found that there were 153,000. He indentured 70,000 as common laborers, 80,000 as loggers, and 3,600 as foremen. That totals up to 153,600. You know, some people doing the math there. Here we go. Finally, the actual construction of the temple began. Its location, where was it? Remember that? Where was it? Ah, we just spent, no. Remember that angel was up there and he was on his way to Jerusalem and David said, whoa, stop, 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 stop. This is where the temple is going to be built because the Lord had mercy. He's going to build this. uh, The location was in Jerusalem at the top of Mount Moriah where the Lord had appeared to Solomon's father, David, King David, where the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, had been. David had selected it as the site for the temple. The actual construction began on the 17th day of... How could they have these details? Man, they... This king... Prior to him, there was all kind of kingdoms. They kept records and everything. They did. The foundation... Now think about this just a minute. My house is 90 feet long. Phil, I was trying to figure this out. I thought, okay, my house is 90 feet. Okay. The foundation was 90 feet long. And also, my house is actually 32 foot wide. So I thought, oh, okay. So now I know a covered porch along the entire 30 foot width of the temple. Okay. With the inner walls and ceiling overlaid with pure gold. The roof. And I had a problem with this one because I thought... I was trying to visualize, what's 180 feet? And I thought, well, my house is 90, so okay. If we tilt it up and we go twice. <laughs> you know, 180 foot high. It's already on Mount Moriah, way up there. The main part of the temple was paneled with cypress wood, plated with pure gold, engraved with palm trees and chains. Beautiful jewels were inlaid in the walls to add to the beauty. The gold, by the way, was the best, was par- parvim. All the walls, beams, doors, thresholds throughout the temple were plated with gold. No, that's gold. It's not just, well, we got a little look-alike. No, it was gold. Look what else. With angels engraved on the walls. Wow. Within the temple at one end was the most sacred room. Here we go. We know about this. The Holy of Holies. 30 feet square. Well, that's because the Lord told Moses, build it this way. Remember, that's a copy of what's in heaven. This too was overlaid with the finest gold valued at millions of dollars. Of course, the bad thing is they're working on this. And about this time, they're going to be attacked by the Hittites. No, they weren't either. 26 ounce gold nails were used. Now that's a doggone waste. The upper rooms were also plated with gold. Within the innermost holy of holies. Remember, that's where the temple was. I mean, the, the, the curtain was. Solomon placed two sculptures of statues, statues of angels, plated them with gold. They stood on the floor facing the outer room with their wings stretched, wingtip to wingtip across the room from wall to wall. Where did he get that from? The Lord said to Moses, do it that way. Now remember what they're looking at? The whole, they're looking at that Ark of the Covenant. It's going to be put in there eventually. Across the entrance of this room, uh, he placed a veil of blue and crimson fine-spun uh, a linen decorated with angels. Wow. Now, I just read in Luke chapter 23, whatever, 
It only goes to 24. So Jesus is crucified in the 20, 23rd chapter. It got dark. The Bible says it was it just pitch black. Can you imagine that? 12 noon. That's an eclipse. It'll be an eclipse. You can still see it's a little shaded. This was darkness. When Jesus died, boom, lights went out. And an earthquake. And then it said that veil right there was ripped. Amen. And then Jesus died. And then at 3 o'clock, the lights came back on. I tell you, something was happening. Anyway, at the front of the temple were two pillars. Watch this. These are those big, giant columns. 52 and a half feet high. Woo! Topped by seven and a half foot capital flaring out of the roof. You can go look at all our government buildings. You can see this stuff usually. Uh, he made chains and placed them on top of the pillars with a hundred pomegranates. That's a little bitty fruit type thing. It's, we don't... We don't sell at the market much anymore but it, I've had one before my mom pointed them out she grew up in Mississippi and that's a pomegranate really pop it open we got these little taste cool like muscadine seed in there whatever place them on top of the pillars a hundred pomegranates attached to the chains then he set up the pillars at the front of the temple one on the right one on the left he gave them names well we're digging a hole now no uh -uh. Jakin the one on the right look at that one Boaz who was Boaz that was Solomon's great great granddad I guess that story about Ruth must have been true. Yeah, it was. Look, we're look at chapter four. We're not going past six. Probably won't even get there. Watch this. He made a bronze altar. Now, remember, this is outside. The Holy of Holies is behind this wall, basically where I'm at. Okay, I come out of there. Okay. Now, here's where all the offerings were being placed. Look how big this is. 30 feet wide. This is a bronze altar. Remember, they just sacrificed a thousand bulls. Well, we, ain't, we just have a little tiny. We just have a little broiler out here. <laughs> no. Man. You talk about sacrifices, there's plenty of room. Next. You got your goat, you got your lamb, whatever. He forged, a, anyways, 30 foot long, 30 foot wide, 15 feet high. Woo! God. Deeper in this room. He forged a huge round tank 15 feet across, rim to rim, okay? 15 feet across. The, the rim stood seven and a half feet from the floor, 45 feet around. So this is the four, let's see, 10 feet, 20 feet, 30. That's huge. What was this for? Let's read. The tank was encircled at its base with two rows of gourd designs cast, apart, uh, cast as part of the tank. The tank stood on 12 metal oxen. Look at that. Big old rascals. Okay. And they were facing outward. Three to the north, three to the west, three to the south, and three to the east. The walls of the tank were, look at this. Well, we need to get those from China because we're running a little low on dough. They weren't running low on nothing. Five inches thick. You know, Nebuchadnezzar came and got all this stuff, and it took him a while. And, and remember, the last chapter of Jeremiah, this is why uh, Jeremiah preached the whole Jeremiah 1 all the way to the end, warning them. They were wanting to worship other gods, and they lost it all. Anyway, flaring out like the cup of a lily. Isn't that cool? It held 3,000 barrels of water. Okay, he constructed 10 vats for water to wash the offerings, five to the right of the huge tank and five to the left. Man, you get swimming pools all over the place. The priest used the tank and not the vats for their own washing. Remember, they had to, that was part of their ceremonial cleansing and all this stuff. Look at that. Carefully following Solomon's own bright ideas. No, 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 no. God's instruction. Then he cast 10 gold lampstands. Here's those lampstands. Placed them in the temple, five on each wall. He also built ten tables, placed five against the walls on the left and right. He molded a hundred solid gold bowls. 
He constructed a court for the priest, also the public court, overlaid the doors of these courts with bronze. Huge tank was in the southeast corner of the entire room of the temple. Haramabi also made the necessary pots, shovels, and basins for use in connections with the sacrifices. So at last he completed the work assigned to him by King Solomon. The construction of the two pillars, those big tall columns, remember Jabin and uh, Boaz, uh, the two flared capitals on tops of pillars, uh, the two sets of chains. Look at this. This is a recap. 400 palm granites. Okay, the basis of the vat, the huge tanks, da 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 Okay, the king did the casting. Look at this. The king did the casting by the clay banks of the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Jared. Great quantities of bronze were too heavy to lift. Solomon commanded that all the furnishings, the utensils, the altars, the bread of the presence must be made of gold. Also the lamps and all this kind of stuff. Okay, even the doorways of the temple, the inner doors, the holies of holies, overlaid with gold. Man, this is monstrosities. Huge. So the temple was finally finished. And then God goes silent. Well, we got a structure, but God doesn't do anything. That's the way it is in a lot of churches. Thank God we know better. Solomon brought the gifts dedicated by the Lord, his father, King David. They were stored in the temple treasuries. We don't need no treasury. It's like that stupid joke. Lord, you keep the pastor humble, we'll keep him broke. Ha, ha, ha. I heard that all my life. Old Western stories, you know. I mean, Western jokes. And so we think this is... But if we'd been reading, we'd say, now, hold on. I tell you, the richest guy is going to be the... Probably going to be somebody in that temple. Anyway, Solomon summoned to Jerusalem all the leaders of Jerusalem. He's bringing everybody in. The heads of the tribes, they're going to have a big... Look at this. For the ceremony of transferring the ark. Now, remember what his dad did. His dad tried to move it twice. First time, it cost his best friend his life. You know. Second time, David figured it out because he read and he said, Hey, wait a minute. We ain't supposed to move it. The Levites are. Look what he does. So anyway, they're going to bring in the ark. Uh, let's see. The heads of the tribes of ceremony transferring the ark from the tabernacle in the city of David, known as Zion, to its new home in the temple. This celebration, notice again, it's a celebration. Everybody's not going, Oh God, I'm so scared. Our God's so worthless. I can't wait to go home and worship the devil. He gives me so many great blessings. I can't stand the Lord God of Israel. Oh, sh- Please. This celebration took place, look at the date. They had it in October at the annual Festival of Tabernacles. That was when they were supposed to be celebrating and remembering that we had to live out in the wilderness and build our own little huts because we're on the way to the promised land. That's what that festival was about. We weren't supposed to forget. As the leaders of Israel watched, here come, the Levites lifted up the ark and they carried it to the tabernacle along with all the other sacred vessels. King Solomon and all the other other sacrificed sheep and oxen before the ark in such numbers that no one could keep count. This was such an awesome thing. So how could you, watching that ark being carried, Solomon and all these people offering sacrifices, everybody screaming and having a great time, how could you think, I guess I've I've hit the trip cord with God. I'm probably not going to heaven. Why did that... Little lamb loses life because of our sin. Why were they sacrificed? God never said, you sacrifice yourself. He said, I give you that lamb as a sacrifice. Anyway, then the priest carried the ark in the inner room of the temple of the Holy of Holies and placed it beneath the angel's wings. Look at this. Their wings spread over the ark and its carrying poles. These carrying poles were so long at their ends they could be seen from the outer room, but not from the outside doorway. Look at that. The ark is still there. This is a fairy tale. Uh Uh-uh. At the time of this writing. 
Whoa. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had put there from Mount Horeb, where the Lord made covenant with the people of Israel as they were leaving Egypt, which never happened. Yeah, it did too. Hey, where'd the manna go? The jar of manna. Apparently it got lost when the Philistines were dinking around with it. Anyway, when the priest had undergone the purification rites, what is that? Oh, you know what that is. You know, the Bible is so small, we have to have the devil to help us not read it. The priest had to go purify themselves. It was, all it was was take a shower. Your mama never said, hey, wash up. Wash up. We're going to eat dinner. Wash your hands. I always, I'd go back in the bathroom and just turn the water on. Yeah. You know the drill. Did you wash up? Did you brush your teeth? Brush your teeth. I do the same thing some nights. Just turn the water on. And go hop in bed. Did you brush your teeth? Yeah, brush your teeth. <laughs> same thing. That's all it was. They had certain duties they were supposed to do. Hopefully they did it, of course. Anyway, look at this. Uh, when the priests had undergone the purification rites for themselves, they all took part in the ceremonies without regard to their normal duties. And, uh, and how the Levites were praising the Lord as the priests came out of the Holy of Holies. That, could have, that must have been awesome. It's already covered with gold, and now these guys are all cleaned up. You know, they didn't fake the water like I was talking about. They came out, and they're ready to roll. And they knew that priest was a descendant of Aaron. Well, they knew all of them were. Look at that. The singers, Asaph, Heman, Jeduth, and all the sons of brothers dressed in fine spun linen clothes standing at the east side of the altar. The choir was accompanied by 120 priests who were trumpeteers while others played cymbals, lyres, and harps. The band and chorus united as one to praise and thank the Lord. Man, good grief. Well, they, you know, they, they didn't have a real band there. Oh, they did too. Their selections were in, interspersed with trumpet obligatos, the clashing of cymbals and the loud playing of other musical instruments, all praising and thanking the Lord. Look at this. Their theme, let's see if this is something we should catch. Yes, their theme was, He is so good, His loving kindness lasts forever. I don't care what you've done, whatever, just stay with Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done. The prodigal came back home. He was basically a type of the Lord. The Lord just fell all over him. All heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. And you can repent every day. Don't worry about it. At that moment, whoa, hold on. This can't be real. No, it was. I mean, if we don't believe in the resurrection, if we, if we claim Jesus is resurrected from the dead, how can... You think this was harder than being resurrected? At that moment, the glory of the Lord coming as a bright cloud filled the temple so that the priests they had to hold up probably knocked them all down. They couldn't do their work. Here we are. Look at that. See how we got chapter 6? Here we go. Solomon's right there. This prayer prayed Solomon on that occasion. The Lord said he would live in thick darkness. But I've made a temple for you, O Lord, to live in. Then the king turned around to the people. See, they're still there to receive his, his blessing. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, he said, the God who talked personally with my father David. He'll talk personally to you. Jesus taught us to do that. Anyway, has now fulfilled the promise he made to him for he told him, I have never before since... Bring, oh, he's lying, he's lying, he's lying. No, he's not. Since I brought my people from the land of Egypt, chosen a city where Israel, uh, in Israel as the location of my temple where my name will be glorified. And never before have I chosen a king for my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem as that city and David as that king. 
My father David wanted to build this temple, but the Lord said not to. It was a good desire, the Lord told him, but he was not the one to do it. His son was chosen for that task. And now the Lord God has done what he promised. I have become king in my father's place, and I've built the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel and placed the ark there. And in the ark is the covenant between the Lord and his people. As, as he spoke, Solomon was standing. See how it's hard to stop? Because this is all historic. He's still standing there on a platform in the center of the outer court in the front of the altar of the Lord. The platform, <laughs> we got the dimensions. The platform is made of bronze, seven and a half feet square, four and a half feet high. Now as all the people watched, he knelt down and reached out his arms. No, wait, he called his, his, uh, you know, his chaplain to do this. I'm not a praying man. Well, it never happened to you if we're not a praying person. This was Solomon. He knelt down. He reached out his arms toward heaven and prayed this prayer. Oh, Lord God of Israel. Now watch what he says here. There's no God like you in all of heaven and earth. You are the God who keeps his kind promises to all those who obey you. See how he just pulled you in? All. Uh, let's see. And who are anxious to do his will. And you have kept your promise to my father David as evident today. And now, O God of Israel, carry out further your promise to him that your descendants shall always reign over Israel if they will obey your laws. Yes, Lord God of Israel, please fulfill this too. Watch all this. Look at this. But will God really live on the earth with men? Why even the heavens and the heaven of heavens can't contain you? How much less this 90 foot by 30 foot place? Look at that. How I pray that you will heed my prayers. Prayer's so sweet. That's so sweet. Sweet. It'll get you out of trouble. Amen. Oh, Lord, my God. Look at this. Listen to my prayer that I'm praying to you now. Look down with favor uh, day and night upon this temple, upon this place where you have said you'd put your name. May you always hear and answer the prayers I pray to you. Man, if we would learn to negotiate like Trump does. I mean, Trump's bold, isn't he? Yes, I mean, I'm mean, telling you. And we're supposed to do the same thing instead of, well, I don't want to get involved in God's stuff. Come on. You're made like him. You didn't get here by yourself. You know. Look at this. He didn't quit there. Uh, yeah. Listen to my prayers and to those of your people Israel when they pray toward this temple. Hear us from heaven and when you hear, oh, by the way, forgive you need to remember that when you're in trouble I mean David even it's Psalm 43 David's in trouble and he says uh, hey uh, I'm in trouble and look ain't nobody can stand before you anyway and who hadn't sinned <laughs> he said let's not talk about that right now I'm in bad trouble Baptists never have read that right I heard it preached I found it on my own I'm like I needed that when I was about 17 years old because <laughs> the youth director told us that we were a piece of dirt, you know, if we did such and such. And I was doing such and such. <laughs> but I love Jesus anyway. Whenever someone commits a crime and it's required to swear to his innocence before this altar, then hear from heaven and punish him if he's lying or has declared himself innocent. That means if he says, oh, I swear before the gold in the temple, I didn't do it. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Look at this. If your people Israel are destroyed before their enemies, remember the, remember the verse? If my people, which are called by my name, we're not going to get there, but that's the next chapter where God responds to this prayer. 
If they'll humble themselves and pray, they'll hear from heaven, I'll heal their land. But this is Solomon's part of that prayer. We've got to hurry. Let's go. So when they pray, uh, no, for if your people Israel are destroyed from their enemies because they've sinned against you, and if they turn to you and call themselves your people and pray to you here in this temple, then listen to them from heaven, forgive their sin, and give them back the land you gave their fathers. Notice that's because they chose another God. It's not a daily, well, I just blew it. I said something wrong to somebody. I lost my temper, and God won't answer my prayers. He certainly won't heal me of cancer, you know, because all the crazy things I did in my life. Jesus healed 10 lepers. Wonder about those lepers. Any of those perfect? No. All they said was, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And they did. And all of a sudden, one of them turned running back. He said, Lord, he thanked him. Anyway, when the skies are shut up and there's no rain, can't do nothing about the weather. Do you think there's Christians in Florida that said, Lord, save us from that stupid Dorian hurricane? Yeah. It's zipping up the coast. My prayers were, I was praying it wouldn't come across there. Anyway. And turn from our sins. Okay, anyway, then uh, let's see, where we get to? Yeah, when the skies are shut up and there's no rain because of our sins, and then we, turn, we pray toward this temple and claim you as our God and turn from our sins because you've punished us. Then listen from heaven, forgive the sins of your people, teach us what is right, send rain upon this land, for you've given your people You've given that you've given to your people as their own property. Now, if there's famine in the land, plagues, crop disease, that hey, these this is sickness, or attacks of locusts and caterpillars, or if your people's enemies in the land besieging our cities, look at that. Whatever the trouble is, look what he says. Listen to every individual's prayer concerning. Look at that. His private sorrow. Praise God. As well as the public prayers. See, sometimes we're taught, it's just the public prayers. (laughs) No, excuse me. I can't do the public prayer right now because I I need help. Give me a minute. Let me talk to the Lord and I'll be right back. Lord, got a situation. Okay. Now, you need me to lead us in prayer? Go out there and do that. Don't reverse them. And don't do it before men anyway. Look at this. Hear from heaven and where you live, forgive. And give each one, give to each one whatever he deserves. For you know their hearts and all mankind. Then all will reverence you forever. And will continually walk where, uh, where you are. Anyway, will continually walk where you tell them to go. Now, he didn't just finish there. Here we go. A couple of verses. Look at this. Foreigners. When foreigners hear of your power. And they come from distant lands to worship your great name and pray toward this temple. Well, they're not going to get... Oh, really? Hear them from heaven where you live. Look at this. And do what they request of you. Hello, three wise men. Even the queen of Sheba. Remember that king of Haram knew about the Lord. Then all the people of the earth will hear of your fame and will reverence you. Why? Because you asked and they did what they said. And they too will know that this temple I have built is truly yours. If your people go out at your command to fight their enemies, you know, whatever will be, will be, Lord. No, you're kidding. You know what he's going to say. And pray toward this city of Jerusalem that you have chosen. End of this chapter, we're stopping. And this temple that I have built for your name, then hear their prayers from heaven and give them success. If they sin against you, look at that. And who hadn't? (laughs) 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. And you become angry with them, and you let their enemies defeat them and take them away as captives to some foreign land far near. And if in that land of exile they turn to you again and face toward this land you gave their fathers and this city and your temple I have built and plead with you. Remember what he's going to say. Bring them back home. And all their hearts to forgive them. Then hear from heaven where you live. Help them. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. See, that's because they went after other gods. Yes, my God. Look at that. Look at this. That's the end of it. We're stopping. Look at this. Yes, oh my God. Be wide awake. Look at this. Attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. Jump ahead to the New Testament. Where's the temple? (gasps) We found out that you and I are the temple. We're the temple. Okay. Be attentive to all the prayers in this place. And now, oh Lord God, arise. Remember, he's standing there beside that huge pulpit where he's kneeling. His arms are raised. He's praying this prayer. Okay. Arise, oh God. Enter your resting place right over there in the temple, whatever, right behind me. Where the ark of your strength has been placed. Let your priest, oh Lord, be clothed with salvation. And that's what you saw when you saw their clothes. The turban had every name of all the Israelites on it. Simeon, Reuben, all the tribes. Uh, let your people rejoice in your kind deeds. If he did them anymore, he does. He does. Oh, Lord God, do not, look at that, don't ignore me. I'm not ever telling the Lord that. Well, Solomon did. Do not turn your face away from me, your anointed one. Oh, remember the love for David and the kindness you gave him. Now, we'll hit next week the Lord responds to that prayer. And you know what he says? He says, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If my people, which are called by my name. And he says, I'll take care of every prayer that comes to this place. And we walk out of here today. We can, we're not. Walk out of here today and just as soon as we get in the car, oh God, I can't believe tomorrow's going to be horrible. Oh. No, it's not. Do it, Solomon. And this, uh, uh, remember, all these people were listening and CNN wasn't over there going, well, that's fake, that's fake, that's fake. No, they didn't listen to that. This was all true. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We know Solomon was real. He was here, praise the Lord. Jesus referenced him. All these wonderful things. And so, Father, if we're faced with any kind of difficulty, we don't have to turn toward the temple because we know where you are. Praise the Lord. Jesus is right there in our hearts. So, Lord, if we're suffering with sickness or some sort of problem physically, Lord, take care of that. Oh, yes. And if we're troubled financially, take care of that. Hallelujah. And if we're troubled in some other area, no matter whatever the case is, as we just heard Solomon say, we know you'll fix it. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others what great things Jesus has done for us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, I hope we didn't go too long there. Yeah, went a little long.